0: Hi, everyone. My name is Venkat Kotindaraman, and I'm a medical student, and I'm part of a student organization of medical students and nurses that focus on how climate affects health and what we can do. And I'm joined here by a friend. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Meg. Welcome to our podcast.
0: So this is a podcast called Climate Checkup, and this is a podcast that we started uh, with our student organization. The goal is to essentially talk about how climate can potentially impact our health as the climate changes so drastically. And this first episode is focused on something that's the most relevant and probably the easiest to understand with the changing climate, and that is heat-related illness. And there's a few illnesses on a sort of spectrum that we'll talk about. I think the first thing to talk about is how has the climate actually changed. Meg, do you want to talk a bit about how our climate has actually changed?
1: Yeah, I think this idea of the Earth getting warmer is something that has kind of been on people's radars for a long time. But I think we're starting to see the effects of that and feel the effects when you walk outside. I mean, right now, where we are, it is quite toasty. (laughs) And the Earth's temperature has actually already risen an average of 0.14 degrees Fahrenheit per decade since 1880. And the past eight years, Were the eight warmest years that we have on record. Now, granted, our records don't go back super far, but we've definitely seen a trend over time that um, the Earth is just continuing to get warmer and warmer. This July 4th in 2023 was the Earth's hottest day around the world since the records began as well. And there's concern from NASA climate experts that 2024 may be even hotter than this year. We've seen Record heat waves occur in Europe, where it's estimated that around 61,000 people died from heat related illness during 2022. And we've also seen those similar um, records and heat waves across the United States as well recently. Arizona has had one of the hottest months um, on record as well. And I think when we think about this topic um, of climate change and global warming and things like that, At least from my perspective, there was always this idea of, oh, we need to stop it to save the polar bears and and all these kinds of kind of abstract things that, while are definitely true and definitely important, I've started to think about this more on a very personal level of the ways that increased exposure to heat impacts people's health. And in fact, the CDC has a heat tracker where they've shown that every year there are around 700 deaths in the United States that Mm -hmm. are directly attributable to heat exposure, and as many as 67,000 emergency room visits every year for heat exposure as well. So that kind of, it just puts it more in the perspective of Mm -hmm. this is something that's going to directly impact each one of us and our our own health uh, moving forward.
0: And this has been pretty relevant well for us as well. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned to me a story about seeing someone in the pediatric emergency department, mm-hmm. um, a kid with uh, heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And so we see it in our own community as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially in the summer, you see kids come in who are dehydrated and have fainted or become confused because of having played outside in the heat. And it, it it's sad because, you, you know, you want kids to be able to play outside, Mm -hmm. but when it's 100 degrees outside, it's not always safe for that to happen. Yeah.
0: And I just want to point um, that figure you said before, last year's heat wave in Europe led to um, at least 61,000 deaths across 2022, which is quite remarkable to think about. Yeah, And considering that the heat wave this year has been just as bad, unfortunately, we expect to see, I think, a similar number of deaths. So I think... That kind of just goes to show us how relevant this topic is and how easily it can impact any one of us. And so I think here we can kind of talk about heat-related illnesses specifically and what they entail. And I think of them as being on a spectrum, mm-hmm. um, starting off with uh, heat cramps and going all the way to the most dangerous, which is heat stroke. And I think we can start off with kind of talking a little bit about what our body normally does. Because... Our bodies are very adaptable. I mean, we've learned in med school just how many um, regulatory processes our body has. And thermoregulation is the process by which our bodies kind of maintain a regular heat. There's a couple of things that our body does, like sweating, for example, to help dissipate heat off our skin. And our bodies can also um, direct blood flow. So they'll increase blood flow to extremities and to skin to allow for better cooling. And so our body's very good at this, but at a certain point, it just becomes too much mm-hmm. and um, the heat just becomes too much to handle. And so that's how you get things like heat cramps, if you want to talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so heat cramps are essentially just involuntary painful muscle spasms, mm-hmm. so a severe pain in um, any of your muscle groups, often the shoulders, the thighs, the calves, and these are not Always related to heat, um, but can really be exacerbated by exposure to heat and dehydration as you have changes in fluids in your bodies and salt levels and things like that. Often, this occurs when people are exercising, especially outdoors, and can kind of limit people's activity and just be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and I think, like I said, that's probably the most benign of these heat related illnesses. Mm -hmm. I think kind of going along the spectrum, the next thing would be heat syncope. And syncope is essentially just fainting, an episode of fainting. And most commonly, it's due to a decrease in blood flow to the brain, um, a temporary decrease in blood flow to the brain. And so that causes a dizziness or fainting. And it's mostly due to dehydration. And remember how we talked about before, your body naturally directs blood flow to um, your skin, and it will dilate your blood vessels, which again will just decrease the amount of blood going to your brain. That's what causes you to pass out. Usually, people start to feel a little dizzy, start to feel really hot, and kind of they feel like their peripheral vision is starting to close a little bit, and then they um, lose consciousness. And it tends to affect the elderly the most, and you'll find that a lot of these conditions, the elderly, are affected the most. And so. That's heat syncope.
1: Losing consciousness could also be dangerous because when you faint, you can hit your head, break other bones, or Mm -hmm. injure yourself in other ways as well.
0: Yeah. But then moving on from there to the next sort of stage, if we can think about it that way, is heat exhaustion.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What is heat exhaustion exactly, Meg?
1: So heat exhaustion is when, again, as we've kind of been talking about, Your body likes to function at a certain kind of set range of temperatures. And when you reach that point where you're not able to cool your body down enough, um, your temperature gets too high and your body stops being able to function through its kind of normal mechanisms. So heat exhaustion can look like feeling like you're just not able to keep exercising or walking or moving or functioning after you've had a lot of sweating and dehydration. Something that's really important to think about is that when you sweat, you not only are losing water, but also losing um, the salts in your blood. And so symptoms can include fever, weakness, dizziness, fainting, fatigue, shallow breathing, headache, nausea, a racing heart decreased urination, and also just that heavy sweating that we talked about. So this is kind of a really wide variety of symptoms that people can present with that are all just signs that your body has not Mm -hmm. been able to kind of maintain that set point of temperature that it likes to be at. This heat exhaustion tends to happen in people who are working outside, in hot environments, those who are elderly and more susceptible to not being able to regulate as well, and those with other health conditions as they are exposed to increased heat.
0: Going off those um, electrolyte losses, it's kind of similar to how, like, long-distance runners, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll drink, like, sports drinks like Gatorade, things right. like that. Because they, when they sweat, they're not just losing water, they're also losing all the salt mm-hmm. in, in the sweat and other um, electrolytes. And what happens when you drink, like, plain water without replenishing those electrolytes, it just dilutes your blood mm-hmm. and basically just worsens things, honestly. So... I don't mean this to be for an advertisement for Gator or anything, but like, definitely important um, to keep in mind about like, how to rehydrate properly. All right, moving on to the final point in the spectrum of heat-related illnesses, we have heat stroke. Heat stroke is the most dangerous and serious of these illnesses, and there are many stories of people dying from heat stroke. For example, there was a news report from Texas of a teen and his stepfather who died during a hike from heat stroke due to record temperatures. And that was just this past June. Heat stroke happens when the body's temperature rises rapidly to the point that the body is unable to cool itself down. And that thermoregulation that we talked about before that usually protects us isn't working. And we can separate heat stroke into exertional and non-exertional heat stroke. Exertional heat stroke, as the name suggests, is caused by strenuous physical activity. It usually affects athletes, but it can also affect people who work outside. It can also affect soldiers who may have to train or work outside. Non-exertional heat stroke tends to affect the elderly more. As we grow older, our ability to regulate heat decreases, so that thermoregulation decreases. It can also affect those with chronic illnesses, and infants and young children can also be affected because their ability to regulate that heat hasn't fully developed yet. And the mechanism by how heat stroke works, there's a couple things that happen. First of all, the cells and the enzymes in our body that normally keep us alive need a certain range of temperature to work properly. So when that temperature goes beyond that range, they stop functioning as well. And as we talked about before, your body will automatically redirect blood flow to your skin to help dissipate the heat. However, that means that there is decreased blood flow going to your organs. And with that decreased blood flow, the cells in those organs will start to die. And as this progresses, people will go into what we call shock. And shock is essentially a disruption in the flow of blood throughout your body. You can think of it as your blood vessels becoming leaky. As this process continues, there will be a massive inflammatory reaction throughout your body. And all of this will essentially lead to multiple organs becoming damaged. Organs such as your brain, your heart, your lungs, your kidneys. You'll also have muscle breakdown. Now, in terms of the actual symptoms that people have, we can think of it in the way your organs shut down. So for example, if your brain is affected, you can initially have headaches, dizziness, some nausea and vomiting. But as that continues, you can start having confusion, slowed speech, you can lose consciousness, have seizures. Furthermore, your heart can start racing as it works harder to move blood and cool your body down. You can also have fast and shallow breathing as well. And as your heart works harder and harder, it can start to go into heart failure which can further worsen that disruption in blood flow to the other organs. Your skin can often get very hot and red, and it can either be dry or slightly moist. You'll also have decreased urine output as the kidneys go into failure. Your liver can also stop functioning, which can lead to more systemic issues. And of course, your body temperature is typically very high, usually greater than 104 degrees Fahrenheit. With this level of organ dysfunction, This can lead to death very quickly if not treated. And even if someone with heat stroke doesn't die initially, unfortunately, due to all that organ damage, they are at higher risk for death in the months and years afterwards compared to the general population. People with heat stroke can also go into a coma due to damage to the brain.
1: Yeah, and I think something really important to keep in mind is that this doesn't have equal effects on everybody. Um, in a population. The elderly are especially at risk, partially because their bodies aren't as good at regulating these processes, also because they often have other conditions that make them more vulnerable Mm -hmm. to the heat. Also, people who spend more time outside, people who work outdoors are going to have more exposure to the heat. So people like farmers, construction workers, landscapers, those who sometimes fall in lower socioeconomic classes, are going to have increased exposure to that heat. And since their livelihood revolves around being outdoors, they may not have the option to protect themselves from that exposure. Also, those who are homeless and who don't have shelters or air conditioning Mm -hmm. are also going to be more affected by this.
0: And people in uh, other countries or certain parts of the country that may be close to the equator or tend to be affected worse.
1: So as we kind of talk about all these things, there are things that we can do to kind of protect ourselves. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I think this is very, again, this is not a medical advice podcast, so this is very general advice. But I think a very, very easy thing we can do is just pay attention to um, heat advisories and kind of uh, check like the predicted temperature, especially if you're going to be spending time outside to be a little more prepared, uh, making sure to drink lots of water, and especially sports drinks. And if, you're, if you have to do something outside, if you have any activities or any sports, things like that, scheduling that during cooler parts of the day to help prevent these conditions. Especially don't uh, leave any kids or any pets outside in a car for too long. That can lead to very um, dangerous outcomes, obviously. And so that's the main topic for this episode. But later on, we want to continue to talk about how heat affects other things like cardiovascular health, certain neurological conditions like multiple sclerosis. And again, it's It feels like climate change can be really far away or something that doesn't personally affect you. But we see here now that things are kind of ramping up and eventually your health could be affected or your friends and family's health could be affected. So I think it's something we really need to be on the lookout for.
1: Yeah, I think we've had the opportunity to kind of learn about these things over the last couple of years and um, are really passionate about speaking up about the health effects that we've seen so far, which is why we wanted to kind of take the time to share all of that with y'all. So thanks for listening.
0: Absolutely. And so that's all we have for this podcast, for this episode today. Um, Meg, do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I know these topics can be a little bit heavy, but I think it's also important to talk about what we can do to to try to prevent some of this from happening. What ideas do you have today?
0: Yeah, I think the main thing we can do is advocate advocate for more mm-hmm. climate action. And that can look like many things. For example, reaching out to your representatives um, and kind of discussing with them your concerns and calling for more action. Being involved in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this affects our general community and kind of looking for ways to um, be more involved and have a discussion about that. And finally, educating others about this topic so that more people are aware. And that can look like just discussing this with your, um, your family members, your friends, and things like that.
1: You can also send them the link to our podcast. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks.